Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball, brought to you by RamShirts.com, the company that brought you Crush City Tees. RamShirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at RamShirts. Visit RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Today, I'm joined by former Astros AAA player, John Kimmer. John, how's it going, buddy? Good. How are we doing today? I'm good. Uh, everybody here is panicking here in Texas. Uh, roads are closed. Uh uh, what I, I my dentist appointment was canceled tomorrow. People are, you know, leaving things out to drip, uh, so the pipes don't burst. Everyone's panicking. And what are you doing today? You're hunting. I was just out hunting today. I was trying to take care of a little coyote problem we have on the property, so I was out hunting today. This is uh, this is kind of my element here. So I was actually in Pennsylvania last week, where the temperatures were, I think, the highest they were were about 18 degrees. So this is pretty normal temperature for me. So I'm in my element right now. Yeah. So you're back in your hometown. You grew up in uh, Shippenville, Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. So I was up there all last week just to visit my parents. That was actually the first time I got to visit them with all the COVID stuff since uh, about Halloween. So it was nice to kind of catch up with them and do all our Christmas stuff then. Oh, that's good. So let's go back before we start talking about your your uh, baseball, professional baseball days. Uh, you played a little football in high school. Yes, uh, 12 touchdowns. Was that your senior year or what? Yes, sir. That was my senior year. I actually, um, football was actually my better sport than baseball when I was in high school and stuff. I got recruited more for football than I did baseball at high school. Well, let's look at your baseball stats because I, I find that hard to believe. Uh, baseball, 727 average. Are you aware of these numbers? Yes, sir. Yeah, I remember that pretty <laughs> good, actually. 727 average, 11 home runs and 66 at bats. I mean, you got a home run every six at bats. Yes, sir. No, it was. Uh, I'd love to say it was. Uh, it was all me, but it was. Uh, at that year, it was. Uh, all the all the teams were kind of pushed into a small conference, so we were in a very small conference. So I think my graduating class was like seventy kids. So uh, we played in a very small conference, so the competition wasn't exactly the highest up until we got to the playoffs. Oh, okay. So. Uh... What year did you graduate high school? It was 2009. Okay, and then you uh, you ended up going to college at Bruton Parker in Georgia? Yeah, that was my senior year. I went to Allegheny College of Maryland for my first two years, and then I went to Clarion University for my junior year, then transferred my junior year to uh, Bruton Parker University my senior year. 
Okay. I, I've talked to a few guys, you know, that uh, are in the minor leagues and they, they, you know, they go from big schools to, to smaller schools because some of them are preparing you, you know, to be a professional baseball player. Is that kind of what drove your decision? Um, my thing was like, I wasn't exactly the best at school. I would say probably the, the nicest way to go about it. So I kind of <laughs> went from junior college. I had three to four D one offers after junior college, but I wasn't able to get good enough grades to kind of go up to my D one offer. Um, I had signed to go to Ohio university after my, uh, two years of junior college. But, uh, like I said, with grades, I couldn't get my grades to go about. So I went D two. Um, so more or less, I kind of just went about where, uh, where the path kind of took me and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, let's go to when you were drafted, you were drafted by the Astros in 2013 in the lean years, you know, they lost a hundred games, I believe just from memory, uh, 11, 12, and then 13, I think they do the draft in the middle of the season and they ended up losing a hundred games that year too. Uh, 21st round. Uh, tell me about your, your draft story. Yeah. So, uh, so I wasn't exactly sure if I was going to get drafted or not after my senior year. I mean, I had a pretty good year at Bruton Parker, but, uh, as a small school in NAI school, um, I still wasn't hundred percent sure if I was going to get drafted or not. And the day that I got the call that I got drafted, I was actually in the cage with my dad that we were training to possibly go play independent ball because I wasn't ready to give up my dream and actually it was kind of ironic that I got the call that I got drafted in the batting cage so did you hear from any uh pro scouts or any teams yeah I heard I heard from about four or five different scouts and teams that uh they were looking at me um asked me about money it never had been about money for me I always just wanted a chance to live my childhood dream of playing in the big leagues or playing in the minor leagues and stuff so I went to an Astros workout two weeks beforehand in Georgia so I drove with my dad from Pennsylvania to Georgia uh, did that workout then drove home after that workout right afterwards so I I was gonna do whatever I could to possibly live out my dream and I've always had that dream since I was a little kid and I was able to do that when the Astros gave me the opportunity so just like everyone else gets drafted by the Astros, you you go to that uh, short season A ball, I guess that's what it's called, Tri City, Valley yes, Cats, sir. and uh, you guys actually won the championship that season. Yes, sir. No, uh, when I got drafted, I won uh, my first game. I was actually four for four. My first professional hope uh, at bat was a home run. So. I really thought this pro ball thing was a piece of cake. My second game, I went two for two with two doubles and two walks, and then I hit my slump right afterwards and went 0 for 28. So I got the the old kick in, kick in the rear end, figured out that pro ball thing wasn't as easy as I thought it was after my first two games. But that year, I got to play with a lot of big league guys. That uh, I got to play with Mark Appel, was obviously drafted in the first, uh, first overall. Tony Kemp, Tyler White, with a lot of guys, and just kind of it would that team just meshed really well together. And that was a lot of fun my first year. And I was kind of spoiled my first year winning the championship. Yeah, that was a that's a pretty good team there. Uh, 2014, you went to Quad City, Lancaster. That seems like the normal route for everybody. But you, you got injured that season. So you broke your leg or something? Yeah, no. I uh, I got called up from Quad City to Lancaster. It was actually – I was filling in for uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Um, he had 
fractured his finger, so I was only supposed to be up a week. But that week I had five home runs that week in Lancaster, so I was lucky enough to uh, stay up. Um, we had clinched uh, – the day before we had clinched the playoffs, and uh, um, next day I went and did a hit and run, and I went to slide in the second, slid in a little bit late, and uh, actually broke my ankle that game. So I missed uh, the last two games of regular season and the whole playoff run that year, unfortunately. Oh, well, that sucks. Uh, but one thing I did read, you, you uh, I guess maybe you went back to Houston, but you rehabbed with uh, Carlos Correa. Yeah, Car- Carlos was actually my roommate that year. He had actually, uh, that season in Lancaster, broke his ankle. The same exact, same exact break I had. His was a little bit worse. He had the microfracture, but he had did it about three weeks before me, so we actually did our rehab together, so that was kind of cool that way. Oh, that's cool. You got any cool stories from hanging out with that guy that you could share? Uh, I just mean, one. I mean, just just a guy. That, I mean, I think I was about three or four years older than him, but I actually kind of looked up to him because he was just way above his age at that point. Just had a lot of knowledge and stuff. And and that year he was going from Nike to uh, being a free agent with his endorsement. So it was actually a good thing I was his roommate that year because every shoe company in the u.s was sending him shoes and we just lucked out enough that we wore the same shoe size so i, I got kind of the hand-me-downs or whatever he didn't want so i was kind of blessed in that aspect oh that's cool so so next season you went to corpus yes sir and uh i think that korea went with you and and i remember i think that was fit i don't know when he went but i know i live here in san antonio and the hooks would come here to play the missions. And I remember when uh, Correa was playing here and that dude had like a, like a 389 batting average or something. Well, you know, yep. I went up through that year. We were both, we were actually road roommates that year as well. Um, You know, you watch the little league world series when you watch that 12 year old, that was definitely well above his age at that point. That was Correa and double a, which he made it look way too easy at that age. (laughs) um it was it was fun to watch like every game was double home run and stuff and it was it was only we all knew he was good and that year it was just like wow when's he when they gonna call him up already it's just it was unfair to the league just kind of watching him play and stuff it was it was pretty impressive what he was doing that year in double a so you guys were roommates i mean what do you mean you had an apartment together or uh no we were uh when we go on the road we would share a hotel room and stuff and uh he was my uh he was my road roommate uh i think the first month or so he was there but he after i think he was only there about a month and a half and i think he's at the end of the year he was still top 10 in the league in doubles of that year yeah so 2015 i don't know if it was like a team award or what but you you ended up being the player of the year along with chris davinsky yeah, no, that was uh, that was an interesting year. I spent the first, like, 10 or so games on the inactive list uh, just trying to find a place to uh, – trying to find a chance to get into the lineup at that point because we had so many big leaguers into that lineup. Uh, I think our whole pitching rotation ended up in the big leagues within the next two years. Um, but our team was just – we were so good at that point. Um, I got a chance to play when we had an injury, and luckily enough for me, I, I got a chance to play and played well and just never kind of looked back that year. So I was lucky enough to uh, win the league batting title that year and um, just kind of just play the best I could when I got the opportunity, you know. Yeah, it was a good season. You even had a home run in three straight games. That had to have been pretty awesome. 
No, that was good. I was that was at that point. I just got out of a pretty bad slump at that point, and I um, I was changing my routine up. And actually, those three games, I had uh, I did a uh, peanut butter honey sandwich, which I put frosted flakes and Lucky Charms on it, just so I could try to find some kind of luck around there. And, and I did that for about three to four games straight, just to try to change my luck around. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. I know baseball guys are superstitious, so oh, uh, like you wouldn't good. believe. <laughs> so uh after that you get your uh invitation to big league camp how'd you find out about that that had been pretty good news yeah no i was actually out to dinner with my family on new year's uh new year's that day um went out to eat and i uh, got a phone call and i didn't recognize the number i saw it was a houston number um didn't answer just because i don't really like answering phone calls that i don't have the the number for um looked at my voicemail afterwards and i kind of found out by voicemail that i got invited to big league camp so we ended dinner real quick and i got to where i got cell cell phone service and got the call that i had been invited to big league camp and it was just a huge honor and just a huge excitement on new year so that was a good way to bring the new year's in that year all right so the next season you started in fresno and I guess you're in somewhere in your third year at Fresno. You get traded yes, to sir. Minnesota. How'd you feel about getting traded? Um, well, at that point, it was in 2018. It was after uh, 2017. I, I had a really good year. That year, I ended that year with uh, a broken hand, which uh, ended my chances to hopefully get a call up in September and help the team win a World Series that year. Um, 2018, um, had an okay year, had good power numbers, but I knew Jordan Alvarez was right behind me and it was only a matter of time before he would kind of come up and I'd be kind of the odd man out, but it was kind of a, more or less like a blessing, but kind of a sad day at the same time, just because Houston was home for me there for how many years, uh, gave me my opportunity, gave me my chances to get up to triple A. And then when I got traded to Minnesota, I was hoping it was going to be a new opportunity to continue my dream of the big leagues. Yeah, so I, I guess you ended up getting cut or released from Minnesota. I'm not sure why. Uh, but I, I don't know if I have these numbers in order, but, you know, you can you continued chasing your dream. You know, you talked about that earlier. Yes, sir. And you went and, you went and played in Mexico. Yes, so sir. No, uh, no, that was uh, – I that year I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I had a pretty good spring training, but when I got traded to the Twins, they had really good young core of uh, minor leaguers coming up through, and um, I was just kind of the odd man out at that point. They had let me go. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do, if I was going to play independent ball, anything like that. And a team from Mexico called me on a Sunday night asked me if I was willing to play. I said, absolutely, I just want to play. They said, can you be on a plane tomorrow morning at 6 a.m.? And this was at 10 o'clock at night. I said, absolutely, book me a flight. I'm ready to go. Um, and then I went down, and kind of the rest is history. I had a really good year that year in Mexico, and they kind of continued to help me chase my dream. Yeah, you had 21 homers in 58 games over there, a three fifty-five average, and then you get signed by the Dodgers, and you go play in Oklahoma City? Yes, sir. No, I uh, I went on a pretty pretty crazy streak at that point. I had a uh, had eleven home runs in thirteen games uh, right before I got signed by the Dodgers. Um, so I was on a pretty good heater. Um, I got signed by the Dodgers. Got a chance to play with them in AAA. My first game, I had a walk off double. 
And um, they had a couple guys come back from injury, a couple 40-man guys, a couple of top prospects. And unfortunately, I was kind of the odd man out there, and I didn't get a ton of time to play. But it was a very good opportunity for me to continue my dream. It, it seems like you just keep going to the wrong place, you know. Like, uh, we, we in, you know, here in Houston, they, you know, you had uh, Altuve, Correa, Bregman. And if you're a second base, shortstop, or third baseman in the Astros organization, I mean, you're years away from ever getting a chance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was kind of at that point, too, when um, the outfield was kind of stacked at that point when they just signed Reddick. They had Springer in center field. Um, they had Tony Kemp and JD, um, JD Davis out in left field and kind of, they were throwing Marwin out in the outfield too. It was just kind of, kind of a tough spot for me with Houston. I was just kind of waiting for a couple injuries, um, to maybe get my chance, but that team, they stayed healthy. They played good together. Um, went to the twins, kind of the same thing. They were kind of on, on the rebound that they were playing well. Um, signed with the Dodgers and Dodgers are like Astros that they were just stock stock from the minor leagues up that their team was so loaded too that unfortunately I just never got a good chance to play with a team that kind of could use me you know what I mean what were you doing last year when there was no minor league season so last year I was going to go to Mexico again um, they had canceled the whole Mexico season because of COVID um, I had played in um I played for the Skeeters in Sugarland, um, and that new league they had, it was called the Console Energy League. Um, there was four teams at the Skeeter Stadium. Um, we played three to four games a week, um, kind of rotated guys in. I think I had like 40-some at-bats or something in uh, like 30 games. Um, so it wasn't a ton of playing, but it was it was the chance that not a lot of people had had to do to get to play last year with the whole virus stuff going around. When I first talked to you about coming on the podcast, you you said you're in the Dominican playing some ball over there. Yeah, I got I got a great opportunity to play uh, play in the Dominican for the Aguilas. Um, uh, got got a chance to play there. Then once we made the playoffs, um, all the big league guys started coming back. Um, so I was kind of unfortunately kind of a beat record that I was kind of the odd man out there as well. Um, that they, uh, they had let me go right before the championship series. Um, and then they went down to the Caribbean series and that team ended up winning the championship that year. But it was, it was another good opportunity that, like I said, not a lot of guys got a chance to play last year and it was just a great opportunity for me to get a chance to play. Yeah. I was talking to you and you're like, well, I'm in the Dominican right now, you know, and you're going to have to wait a while. And then you're like, well, I'm going home. Yeah. You know that? So, yeah, it was. Yeah. I think you were my bad luck charm that I talked to you that day. Then I got released right after I talked to you. So maybe I shouldn't talk to you anymore. Oh, it's too late. You, you already started. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe your time's turned to kind of change my luck around for me. So what, what are you going to do now? What's your plans? I mean, how are you? You're just a free agent. Yes, sir. No, I'm a free agent now. I'm living in uh, Santa Fe, which is uh, just south of Houston, uh, about 30, 40 minutes outside of Houston. Um, trying to get a chance to play right now. I've been trying to get some scouts lined up that I could hopefully get a chance to play. Um, I'm not ready to give up my dream. I know I'm 30, but I've still got a lot to give and hopefully I get a chance to play this coming year, but with the whole virus and stuff and nobody has a really true report date for the minor leagues. I don't know what's going to happen, but in God's hands, I'll, I'll play if I get a chance to play, hopefully. So that's just how you have to go about it. You just have to line up some scouts get some tryouts and yeah you just know, gotta, hopefully it just works out for you 
Yeah, I just kind of got to coincide with my agent and stuff, try to find some things that uh, hopefully I can get a chance to have someone come work work with me, look at me, maybe give me a chance. Um, last week I got a chance to play with uh, an old Astros great, um, Jose Cruz. I got to go hit up with him with Houston playing with his – I played with his son this past year in Sugar Land. Um, he's the assistant coach for the Tigers, uh, his assistant hitting coach for the Tigers. So – Hopefully something comes from that. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm very optimistic that hopefully I get a chance. I, I got my life finally back together and ready to kind of move forward, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> sorry, minor league baseball, they've had some sort of realignment. You know, they went down to 120 teams. I think about 43 teams uh, got cut. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they call it, you have to have a professional development license. And I guess that means you're associated with Major League Baseball. And I think these guys are like uh, trying to buy the teams or they, they have part ownership. And things have changed a lot. I mean, I, I was going to ask you about life as a minor leaguer, but just rolling on this, uh, you know, you're supposed to be in better pay. And better travel, uh, you know, better travel. It says something about better buses, uh, even planes. They taking planes. That's not something that's normal in minor leagues, is it? Um, the only time we ever really took planes was when I was in the PCL with uh, the Astros and Fresno. We would pretty much fly to everywhere we needed to go. Um, Unfortunately, flying out of Fresno, we had a delay almost every time we would fly and stuff. So the travel in the PCL was tough. Um, when I was in the Texas League, it was every team in our conference. The closest we had was San Antonio. Then everything else was either Midland or Frisco, which was a seven to eight hour bus ride. You know, you're busing right after a game and getting there at seven, eight o'clock in the morning, trying to take a nap, then playing a game that day. Uh, the minor league travel, once you got up into double A AA and triple A, was, it was pretty tough, and it took a, took a different kind of breed of person to succeed in that level. Um, with them cutting the minor leagues, um, it's, it's going to be tough. It's tougher for guys like me. If I would have got drafted nowadays, um, I might not have got drafted, you know, um, with me being a late-round pick and getting a chance. But the way they cut the minor leagues down, it's going to cut the chances of people like me that just kind of grind through from small schools to get a chance with the minor league team or even a chance in big league camp or even a big league team just the way they've cut the minor leagues and stuff. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not dealing with the lower levels right now, but even trying to find a job in the minor leagues itself right now, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough being a minor leaguer nowadays. Yeah, that was the next point I was going to make. Uh, fewer teams mean fewer people are going to get drafted. And another thing that they did, we'll get your opinion on this, there's no more Pacific Coast League or Texas League. I mean, those are gone. It's like AAA North and AAA South or, you know, I, I can't really remember, but they're just directions now. They're not, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah, no, uh, hopefully that's a little bit better with the travel and stuff. I know we had days where we were leaving Fresno and flying from Fresno, California to Nashville, Tennessee, and then playing a game and stuff. So that was pretty tough trying to do that on a commercial airplane that we were flying around with regular people trying to make the same flights, trying to make the same times and stuff. Um, that was tough with that. Hopefully that helps out with a little bit of travel and helps with those travel days. Sometimes them travel days, it was tough to try to take even infield or BP those days because you're so dang exhausted because you had a 3.30 bus in the morning to 
to catch a 6 a.m. flight with all your bags, with all the team's bags and stuff, getting into a getting into a city at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, then get ready to play a game at 7 o'clock at night. That was that was tough on a lot of guys and stuff. And a lot of guys couldn't handle travel days. I think I was lucky enough that I played okay on travel days because I think I was too tired to think mechanics. I just kind of went and played, luckily. So the life of a minor leaguer is pretty tough. I mean, you're pointing that out as well. It, you know, some people aren't cut out for it. But a question I have for you, I, th- there was a story, and I, 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 it might have been four years ago, and uh, someone wrote a story through the eyes of your fiancé, like what it's like to, uh, I don't know if you even know that story existed, but it was about, you know, you and her's relationship, about her, you know, how many times she's able to go see you and this thing. But my question for you is, do you think it's harder for a young single guy going through the minor leagues or like a, a married guy is a tough on a, a tough on a relationship trying to do this baseball thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely tough on a relationship because actually it's kind of ironic that you kind of brought that up that uh, unfortunately my ex-wife and that we kind of split up because of the whole travel, the whole money thing. Um, that was tough with that. Um, it's tough to kind of bounce both lives because you're, you're not making a lot of money. Hell my first, two years of pro ball, I didn't even make minimum wage. So it was once I got done with the season, I was going right into working two jobs in the off season, along with trying to get my workouts in and swinging and stuff. So the whole, I can't speculate for a single guy, but it was, it was tough for me doing, doing it as a guy with, with a relationship. Cause unfortunately that one, that's what killed my relationship as it was and stuff. Yeah, I would figure, you know, some people could have it where, you know, their wife works and makes a good living and kind of helps out financially. And some guys, you know, I had Tyler Ivey. I don't know if he's after your time or not. Yes, sir. But he, but he got a pretty sweet signing bonus. And I, so, I, I didn't announce what it was. I told people they could go look it up. But, I mean, that, that guy had to have been living good while, he, you know. You know, he's got plenty yeah, of money. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why they say only 3% of the guys make it when, that are drafted into the big leagues and stuff because it's it's tough once you get drafted, especially as me as a 21st rounder. I signed for 600 bucks, and that was enough to get me some gas here and there when I drove my vehicle up to Tri-City. Um, if you don't make a good signing bonus, you're, you're going to be struggling in the offseason up until your first seven years because you're under strict minor league contract that you're not going to make too much money until you're done with your minor league contract and that's seven years down the road um i was blessed enough that when i got released i went to mexico and that was the first time i actually made decent money was when i went down to mexico um and then i went signed with the dodgers and made a little bit of money but it, it's still it's it's not much compared to some of these guys that are signing for millions and six figures and stuff when you're in the 21st round of seniors sign you're going to make a thousand dollars or 600 bucks and that's what you're going to make to live off of and then you're going to make seven dollars eight dollars an hour playing in the minor leagues during the game and you're not getting paid for the six hours you are before the game you're going to get paid for just your time so it's it's not for the faint of heart to be honest with you yeah the story i read earlier about the the minor league pay system i guess if you're in triple a you're going to make seven hundred dollars a week and it's not like it's not like a real job. I mean, like you said, you're you're on a bus for four, five, six, seven hours, and you're at work. I mean, you know what I mean? You're not at home yeah. chilling out. You're not at home relaxing with the family. 
And, you know, you're pretty much working 24 hours a day sometimes, except when you're asleep. Yeah, no. And then when you're out in, well, I was in Fresno, California, you're in charge of paying for your own room and board as well. So you got to factor in another almost $2,000 a month for an apartment. Well, I was lucky enough after my first year, I found a host family to take me in to help me save a little bit of money. But if you don't get a host family, you're going to be paying most of your paycheck just for room and board itself. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a, a lady named Melba on here, and she hosts a couple of guys in Corpus every year. And I was actually going to ask you that. I don't know why I skipped it in my notes, but I was going to ask you that. Uh, but there, there's another thing they said too: is you guys, you had to pay, you had to play, uh, not play, you had to pay clubhouse fees just to eat, right? Didn't they? They fed you in the clubhouse, but yes. they weren't fitting the bill. You, they charged you for it, right? Yeah, no matter if the food was good or not, I was lucky enough in Corpus. We had a very good clubby, but it was, it was we got good food pre and post game. But you're paying about twelve to fourteen dollars a day, along with. I was blessed enough in Corpus that I had a host family as well. But if you don't have a host family, a lot of guys had apartments and stuff. You're paying 14 to some dollars a day for clubhouse dues along on your rent and everything like that. Plus gas, if you're driving and stuff, it's, it's tough. It really is tough to try to balance all that. And then if you have a family at the same time, you're, you're not really supporting your family the way you should. You know, earlier when you talked about, uh, the scout calling you and say, Hey, will you sign? I mean, so it's, it's a, it's a big deal. The money you get, right. That's, you know, some people, you know, they, maybe they get drafted in the eighth round as a sophomore. And then they're like, well, I'm going to wait. So they, you know, cause it's, it's, it's kind of about developing, but it's got a little bit to do with money. Right. It does. I mean, some guys, their, their goal is to, once they get drafted, they're going to make as much money as possible. Um, I was, raised the right way that I was raised with uh, a family that worked their butts off to make okay money to be sufficient. Um, I did, wasn't in it for the money. I've always, since I was a little kid, since I can remember at T-ball, wanted a chance to play in the big leagues. Um, if someone offered me a Coke and a Snickers to play in the big leagues right now, I would do it. I mean, it's, it's always been my dream. Um, some guys are in it just strictly for the money. I've seen some guys are like, well, I'm not doing that just because of the money. Um, for me, I wasn't in it for the money. I'm still not in it for the money. I feel like I've played four years of AAA that I just want, I want one at bat in the big leagues. That's honestly all I've ever wanted that I can say. I played one at bat in the big leagues and um, that you, you'll see that through the whole minor leagues and even in AAA and even in the big leagues, it's still all about the money. Um, for me, I just want a chance to play. A lot of guys have that mindset, but a lot of guys don't at the same time. Well, John, that's all I have for you, man. I appreciate you coming on, and hopefully uh, we keep in touch. You let me know where you're at next, and uh, if you're anywhere I can come see you, I'll come give you a visit or something. Absolutely. We're not all that far away, so maybe we'll just get together and have some dinner sometime. That sounds like a plan to me. Let's do it, buddy. I'd like that. So, but uh, but thanks for having me on. I appreciate all the questions and stuff, and hopefully I was helpful enough for some of your viewers and stuff. But anything you ever need, don't hesitate to ask. All right, thanks a lot. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks again, John, and we'll see you next time on Astros.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.